Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Marks and Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perception of time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime with your host of the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, me, you idiot. Welcome, everybody, to the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is episode number 142. And this is also, uh, it's, 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 it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving week anyway, so by the time you guys listen to this, it will be the, the week of Thanksgiving. And so if, I, if uh, one of the many things that I am thankful for is that I have a very dear friend who lives in Canada, and her name is Liz Hersey, and so she is, she's on the show right this very second. How you doing, Liz? I'm, I'm very well. I'm very much honored to be here for American Thanksgiving. We had our normal people thanksgiving back in october (laughs) but happy to be here for for your uh your black friday excuse to shop (laughs) whatever black friday is coming up in a in a few days but the the, uh see you call it normal people thanksgiving i think of it as the the random canadian thanksgiving that they do in october because they were jealous of our american thanksgiving oh well then yeah you you know you you can get your jollies with calling it halloween foreplay that's fine (laughs) But enjoy your Christmas foreplay, Martin, in the U.S. of A. You know, it's funny. Until until I met you, I didn't even realize there was a Canadian Thanksgiving. <laughs> I really, really did. Like I, I remember through our emails, because we had wanted to record the Halloween one um, a little bit beforehand, uh-huh. and I realized it was Thanksgiving. And so I was like, oh, Martin, it's actually Thanksgiving in Canada. And you just thought that was so adorable. <laughs> you guys have your own Thanksgiving? Do you have your own money, too? <laughs> Yes, we do. And it's a bunch of different colors, so you can tell which one it is in your wallet without having to look through it all. (laughs) Where's the fun in that? Because, you know, (laughs) with American currency, you just see a green bill, and until you look at it closely, it could be a hundred. It could be a twenty. And then you find out it's it's a one dollar bill, but until you look at it, there's well, always the hope. Of what could have been? Right? There's always hope with American Aren't currency. Are the fifties a little bit a little pinker? You know, I, I know that every now and then it, I feel like the the currency uh, changes and evolves a little bit. So sometimes there'll be like new bills uh, sent out into the uh, out, out out into the the, the whatever. But I, I I rarely see cash anymore. But when I do, it's always usually just the same boring kind of a green cash. I do think you guys have it made with your $1 bill, though, because we have the loony, the $1 coin, and it, like, weighs down your wallet so hard. And um, I remember when I read um, Jenna Jameson's memoir, she went, um, because she used to be a stripper, and she went on the strip tour, and she went to Canada, and she got so mad when people (laughs) were throwing coins on the stage, because that's what you, in the States, that's what you do to Uh just the stripper. Like, you're not even worth this dollar bill. Like, we're throwing (laughs) coins at you. And so she started picking up loonies and toonies, which is a $2 coin, and just hurling them back at the audience, because she didn't know that that was the equivalent of, like, a $1 bill. Uh, and also, we might have just named the episode, too, Loonies and Toonies. I'm going to write that down. Oh, I like that. Loonies and Toonies. And um, I will figure out how to spell them later, your crazy Canadian currency. <laughs> <laughs> loonies and Toonies. And it's called the loony because there's a loon on it. 
And our $5 bill has kids playing hockey on it. We're really adorable. <laughs> Goddamn Canadians. Uh, we'll see. You, we'll look at that. All the more reason why I'm thankful to be friends with, with Liz Hersey. Just because now, now look, at that. I, I knew nothing of loonies and toonies. And now I know about the, the, the kids playing hockey on the coin. And I, and I know that. Uh, on well, the bill, Martin. Keep up. Oh, it's the bill? The oh. loon is on the loony. It's not oh. called the kids playing hockey. Uh, what? <laughs> It's called well, a five dollar bill. Keep up. Well, what's a toonie? A toonie is a two dollar coin. So loonies and toonie. Wait, so a loonie is not a. It's not a coin. A loonie is a coin. A loonie is a one dollar coin, and a toonie is a two dollar coin. Well, where are the kids playing hockey? On the five dollar bill. God damn it! There's there's too much. Just <sighs> imagery on just, there. Just do what the rest of the world does and put an American president on your currency, <laughs> and be like the rest of the world, Liz Hersey. Depending on who got elected, I'd like to put an American president on my face. Hello. And and that, that, that's I'm talking to you, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and knowing Hillary, you know what? She's probably okay with that. <laughs> I've always, you know, look at me. I, I oh, you know what? Um, so 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 I have so okay. So back in the when was it? 1990, 1990 mid 90s is when the the Monica. Lewinsky, uh, Wasn't it like late 90s? I feel like it was like 1998 or 1999. You are probably... Okay, so Bill Clinton... Because I knew what or... sex was when that happened, and I didn't know what sex was until 1998. You're probably exactly right, because he was elected first in 1992, and then he was his second term was 1996. It was during that second term when a lot of the scandals were coming out, so I'm sure it was in the late 90s after that 96 election. And um, and so on the one hand, I, I you know I always just when it was happening, I just like assumed that uh, that Hillary would would leave Bill because it seemed like this huge big scandalous thing. And then years later, they were still together. And then uh, roughly, roughly, uh, let me think, four or five years later is when she officially got into politics and she was elected the uh, senator of New York. And um, Following that, it's sort of a little, you know, I've, I've never met her and I'm hardly a, a, a student of history or politics, but just from, from, from my sort of everyman observation of it, kind of felt like, okay, it, it kind of makes sense that she would stay with Bill. If she was going to have a future in politics, then it would make more sense to both stay with Bill uh, because it would it would make it easier to sort of um, uh, progress uh, with, with the, you know, with, with She's her. like a real life Alicia Florrick from The Good Wife. Yeah, I've never seen it, but yes, exactly. It's One, so good. One hundred percent. And so then beyond that, is she, I think Hillary sort of like subconsciously joined Oprah in my head as like these powerful closeted lesbians <laughs> in their in their you know beard husbands. So it boyfriends. would work that she would sit on my face. That's exactly where I was. That, that was my five minute come in full circle. That, that exactly, so Ayo. to speak. Um, that's how Hillary does it. And so <laughs> that's where I was eventually uh, coming back to pun not intended. So so this particular episode, that. again, because uh, it is it is Thanksgiving week, we'll call it. Or perhaps you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, in which case, happy Turkey Day. Um, <laughs> so I am absolutely thankful to be friends with Liz Hersey. And uh, she doesn't hear that nearly enough. So I'm going to take this opportunity to make sure she knows that I'm absolutely thankful to be friends with Liz Hersey and that she Well, is... I'm thankful to hear that. Oh, that's, that was almost sweet. And I'm thankful <laughs> that you are a, a, a constant contributor to, to this podcast because um, I, I, 
first of all, whenever Liz Hersey joins the Martin Strap Show podcast hour, I know before we even hit record, whatever happens next is going to be golden. Like I already know that. So that's so why I love having, I love having you as sort of a, an, an ace in my back pocket that, you know, if need be call is and something good will come out of it. But this week's episode, we're talking, we were actually, it's going to be a little, I guess, kind of, kind of sort of a, a meta episode where we're kind of sort of going to be talking about what we do as opposed to doing what we do. So in your case, um, you, uh, you massaged your way into the public consciousness with your uh, wonderful <laughs> Buffy podcast or blog. I'm sorry. Um, I was, I was getting ahead of myself because you should do a Buffy podcast. I'd love to do a Buffy podcast someday. And I sort of do um, the, the audio version of a blog, which is a podcast. And you had this really great idea of, you know, since uh, since we 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 contribute uh, the, our, our 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 voices and, and blog and podcast form to the world, and uh, and and you you sort of helped remind me that we give this this gift to the world every week, and this is a chance for us to say you're welcome. What better week to say you're welcome <laughs> than on Thanksgiving? Well, that that was my whole thought was that why don't we record a Thanksgiving podcast and it can just be me talking? And then the reason is. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. So, <laughs> and it's true. Uh, uh, on the one hand, we're having a laugh, but the thing is, uh, you know, w- whenever you're on the show, uh, the, the the fun just goes up a couple extra levels. So, in that case, thank you, Liz Hersey. Oh well, you're very welcome. Uh, Let's take your welcome. <laughs> But you also do- I'm not one of the people who really enjoys the whole hashtag blessed thing. But I feel like if I was, you should probably tweet that. <laughs> uh, remind me, I, 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 there's too many hashtags. I lost the the one that we the- we come up with like 40 hashtags. We really do. The like foreplay of the episode, and then we just ditch it, and then we never use it again. Like I, I'm surprised <laughs> that we didn't turn peaches and jizz into a hashtag. Like hashtag peaches and jizz. I, th- been, I think it needs to start. That would have been a perfect hashtag. And for anybody who's lost track, that was from episode 137. If you have not listened to episode 137, shame on you. Hashtag peaches and jizz. So, <laughs> yeah. so take you- are not blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so again, so, so for this episode, um, we, uh, this was your idea and it was a great idea. So I'm rolling with it, but I've actually sort of taken a step back and sort of on the one hand talking about what we do, but really, I also like the idea of like, let's say somebody actually wants to kind of start a blog and they don't really know where to get their footing. You can, uh, you, 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 as somebody who's has a successful blog, you can talk about that. And I can kind of do the parallel version of anybody who's maybe curious about starting a podcast. I can offer some uh, tips and pointers and maybe lessons learned uh, over the last couple of years of sort of how to do a podcast. So, uh, and it's so, and again, you know, hashtag you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I'm going to let I think you start. I should actually call the podcast you're welcome, like all seriousness. I'm going to write that down. I, I, right feel, now. I feel like that would be fun. You're welcome. Uh, unless something filthier comes along, that I think I mean loonies and toonies I like, but uh, you're welcome is actually makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Maybe that could just be the description. <laughs> <laughs> just say. And nothing I feel like else. like all of your like I feel like the bulk of your audience is American. They'd be like, "What the fuck's a loony and a toonie?" <laughs> this is their perfect opportunity to learn that uh, there is one other country in the world besides America, and it's Canada. So there's actually two countries <laughs> in the whole world, as far as we know here in America. 
Um, so, so I'm going to let you go ahead and and start because one, you know, the uh, your 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 blog, your Buffy blog, is wonderful, and it recently it recently wrapped up. And you told me you told me that it was it was coming to an end because it had a very natural ending because you wrote about every episode of Buffy, right? But it was still strange to me when it actually did come to an end. And I was also happy uh, a few weeks ago uh, when I saw that um, uh, even though the the blog isn't really about Buffy anymore. That you'll still write something if there's something right. To write I did about. come out with one. Um, you were writing about like just... the, you were specifically. It was about the the, the guy that the the TV characters who you would most like to bone who aren't like heartthrobs. Exactly, <laughs> and I, I was trying to think of like a nice way to word that because I want to be like <laughs> <laughs> top ten uggos Liz wants to fuck TV style. <laughs> but yeah, and and so the title of it it's a little clunky, but whatevs. It's um top ten not a hottie men of TV whom Liz has a crush on. And see that, so, and, and that's nice. That's sweet. If I, you know, I think any guy on that list would be flattered. I imagine. And the thing is, a lot of them, I actually find them hot. But mm-hmm. I just, with that particular blog, I was, I started thinking about the the men on TV who I tend to have a crush on. And it's when I talk to other people about that show, it's never the guy I'm talking about is never the guy that predominantly the general female or gay male population find as attractive it's normally some other guy right so on uh, one of the examples is on Mad Men I would much rather have Roger Sterling in my bed than Don Draper are you kidding me that salt and pepper hair fucking right I would so stuff like that right but like most people and I find John Slattery the actor very attractive but no one ever talks about Roger Sterling as like this like symbol of sex it's always don draper and oh oh i and i alone can fix don draper and 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 give me a fucking break and and so it's about that yeah roger sterling is a hottie (laughs) thank you hashtag roger is a hottie (laughs) but yeah so i I guess i I can start uh talking a little bit about my blog it's called um if you wanted to check it out which you should because it's amazing it's the liz channel.blogspot.com and um yeah basically i i started i'll get more into the whole history but it was predominantly a buffy the vampire slayer blog where i would watch an episode every week and i would say my hilarious raunchy opinions about it and um and then i would talk about it with people on twitter and all this and it was it was a lot of fun it's a lot of work which you'll hear all about um but there's as you know, Buffy the Vampire Sir, 144 episodes, and I got through all 144 episodes, and coincidentally, two weeks before my wedding, which, how crazy is that? Right. And so now, and I, I did say that the Liz channel, I, I didn't call it anything Buffy-centric, because I wanted to leave it open to blogging about other things. Every year, I react to the Oscars nominations, and last year, we recorded a pretty epic podcast about it mm-hmm. so so I, I left it open but it was mainly it was mainly about Buffy so that's over now and and I'm not as I, I'm not coming out with anything every week but um but I, I had a great time writing it and uh, sh- should I just dive right in into talking about it yeah let, let, let's uh, let's approach it from this angle so let's say there's at least one person out there who truly and genuinely wants to start a blog and they've never done it and they you know they have an idea of say you know pragmatically how to get on the internet and start a blog but but you know you know how how do you keep it from just becoming like your your diary so to speak like how do you how do you start something that people might actually be interested in and maybe more importantly like how do you sustain it over over a period of weeks and months and ultimately years and so i I think maybe that's a good place to start 
Okay, well, the basic answer is you have to put a lot of fucking hard work into it. But, I mean, if that's all I had to say, we wouldn't be podcasting about it. <laughs> so so I, I will kind of break it down, and, and I'll talk about my experience writing the Buffy blog. So that way you can get some tips and find out if the, this is something you want to do. And when I was preparing to talk about this podcast, I kind of thought about back in elementary school when we first learned about article writing and journalism and our teacher would say well your article should have the five w's i'm sure everyone's heard of the five w's the who what when where why and so i think that you need to approach writing a blog or recording a podcast with thinking about these five w's and i'll start with the what what is it that you want to write about because normally it's people have something to say about some subject so you have to decide what you want to write about and for me, it was, it was clear. It was Buffy. Like, I, ha- I, I love watching TV. I love watching movies. So I wanted it to be a pop culture blog with a heavy emphasis on Buffy. So I decided, so I just watched an episode of Buffy, and I wrote about it. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to blog about all these shows. And I'll, I'll be watching current shows, and I'll be doing the nostalgic thing and all that stuff. And it's, when I wrote my first blog, it was, it was a lot of work. And I know for me personally, I, I'm not great at summarizing. So it was a really, really long blog. My first blog, it, it was, I'm going to, no bones about it. It was not good. It was just me summarizing every little thing that happened in the show. Because I'm like, this is important. This is important. As if no one who's reading this has ever seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer before. And they're reading it to get the skinny on what happened. It was ridiculous. But in, in that first iteration of my blog, there were there were some gems in there i think and it was um and it was it was through you know kind of cracking these jokes and saying my opinions about it that i realized this is fun but something needs to be done and so so i i pared it down and i've like it's been an exercise from season one to seven an exercise in paring it down and keeping it short and i i just because what kept me going throughout seven seasons was my love of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I think that you really, like, when I say the what of your blog, what do you want to write about, you need to think about the scope because it's all well and good to say, I want to write about every TV show ever. But unless you're getting paid a lot of money to do that, it's a shitload of work. So I think you really need to pick a through line of what you want to write about. And if you want to write the odd blog about, you know, Charmed or Scream Queens or whatever, you can do that. But what is it you want to write about? And you have to say it in a few words. And mine is, I want to write a Buffy the Vampire Slayer blog. And so that's what I did. And uh, and, and it's a wonderful blog, too, by the way. So as you were talking, I was thinking about podcasting and sort of, you know, the on the one hand, there are different mediums. But on the, on the other hand, they're... they're they serve a similar purpose. On the one hand, they serve the purpose of this is a place where you can, you know, it, it, you can express you can express your voice. I was, I, I almost didn't say because as it was coming out, it felt cheesy, but it's but it's true. It's like you know you you love Buffy and you and you wanted to talk about it, and so this blog gave you a a vehicle to do that. And so so for me, podcasting, um, it. The, for me, the idea of doing a podcasting a podcast it was born from a very genuine organic place, which was just simply I loved listening to podcasts and so for years and years, my just favorite medium of choice outside you know outside of say watching television was listening to podcasts because it was something where uh you know I could put a podcast on while I was at home you know 
cleaning up or cooking dinner, if I'm driving or working out or whatever, I was always listening to a podcast and finding different podcasts that I that I really enjoyed. So there's you know the the, the interview format podcast that I enjoy, or there's um, sort of a maybe the storytelling ish podcast like This American Life or Freakonomics that find really interesting sort of you know uh, real life t- stories and um, and sort of. Uh, uh, I was going to say recreate them, but they don't do that. But, you know, um, they say they like they interview people and they put stories together of things that actually happen that I really enjoyed, um, like themed podcasts. So, like, uh, you know, like I, I love professional wrestling. And so there's a, a podcast called Cheap Heat that um, every week they talk about, you know, what's happening in professional wrestling. So I love listening to that. Um, and so, so I love listening to all sorts of podcasts. And, uh, and and every time I would listen to a podcast, especially if I was like in the car or something, very often I would find myself all of a sudden like sort of daydreaming and having a podcast in my head and then sort of realizing like this would be fun. I think it would be fun to sit down and just like talk about shit that I have in my head because, you know, I'm sure part of the reason I enjoy listening to it is because maybe I would enjoy doing it myself. But then very much like you just described, I was like, well, what would I even do with a podcast because like the podcasts i love they all have very clear themes or through lines like they have the purpose beyond the guys and gals behind the microphone just want to talk so so for example a, a podcast that i enjoy a lot it's another it's another wrestling podcast it's called the art of wrestling and the the host is a indie wrestler named colt cabana but what he does is he, it's basically an interview format show and because he's a, a professional wrestler and he has access to you know, this whole world of wrestling every week, he would interview a different wrestler. And one of the things that was great about the show is they could have in-depth conversations about wrestling where I could learn really neat stuff about this, this, you know, entertainment that I love, but then they could also just talk about stuff that had nothing to do with wrestling. And it was almost, it was almost more entertaining to hear this wrestler talk about his family or his life or this near drug overdose or just whatever. (laughs) Um, and then there's, you know, Mark Marin's WTF show where even though he does a lot of celebrity interviews, um, my favorite interviews that he does are when he talks to other comedians because it's like they can speak this language and they can have this, they can have a conversation that, you know, um, he, that, uh, basically because they do the same thing, they, they, they know certain quirks about this world that they, they can get into. So then I thought, well, what do I do? And so I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a writer and, and I like and I like writing and I like talking about writing, I guess that could be my thing. Um, but very similar to you and that you called the show The List Channels, like you wanted to give yourself a certain amount of, of wiggle room to, to, you know, do other things. So so I made my sort of over overarching conceit that, you know, this would be a show about writing and um, publishing and not, not even like literature so much because... Um, I don't know. I feel like if, if you know, I, 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 I don't think I've read nearly enough books to keep that going, but, um, but writing in general, I figured I could talk about writing and I could, you know, I could interview authors and that could be my thing. It could be the sort of the writing version of like the wrestling or the stand up comedy or, or whatever other podcast where a person who does the thing interviews other people who do, who do the thing. And then, so that kind of sort of eventually became the idea for the podcast. So it went from, I love this medium. I would love to do this. And two, okay, so now I have an idea. Now I have an idea of what the show would be about. And, you know, of course, the thought crossed my mind of, like, would anybody care? Does anybody care about listening to one author talk to another author? Can I just weigh in on that? Please do, About about your podcast? Because one thing I think is really cool is that, like, 
and th- this is a compliment, not a slight. It's most of the authors who come on your podcast for the first time. I, I I haven't heard of them before, and so you're not interviewing John Grisham or um, whatever the fuck who wrote Da Vinci Code and Dan Brown or uh-huh. Emily Giffen or or anyone like that. But you know what I like about this is that these people who come on the show who I haven't heard of they they really you know they they've made a career for themselves through indie publishing and and you talk a lot about. Um, you know, like, like the indie writer. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great to hear of all these different ways of getting into writing because, I, for those who don't know, I'm a screenwriter, and I'm sure that the predominant audience for your show is writers. So I think it's really cool that every week that it's it's someone who, like, their experience is so unique and hearing about it and, and getting inspired that, you know, they did it this way and then the person the next week did it another way. And so it's like there, there's more than one way from this traditional, you know, rejection letter in the mail. So I, th- I think that it's great what you're doing. Oh, thank you, Liz Hersey. That means a whole lot. Thank you on this week of Thanksgiving. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, and something I'll talk about, too, a little bit down the line, because I think it's, um, again, for anybody who's uh, like... I guess I didn't set it up for myself, but I'm also speaking from the vein of if you're thinking about a podcast, these are the things that you should be thinking about as well, like as what Liz was also talking about. But then there's also like, you know, the um, the idea of uh, if I'm going to interview people, I actually need to find people to interview, which is which became its own sort of uh, <laughs> mysterious nut to crack. But um, I'll talk about that in just a second. But I want to get back to to your blog. So 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 one thing. Um, <sighs> I, I used to do a blog, and technically I still do a blog, but I don't do it. Um, like technically, I have a blog, and I post once in a while, but I, I, I definitely don't write articles or essays anymore. Partly because, on on the one hand, as you alluded to, um, if you want to do it well, it's a lot of work, and so for me, I started my blog the at the same time that my my first novel inside the outside came out because my idea was that, you know, at the, especially at that time, every writer had a blog. It was because, you know, you, you wanted to have some kind of counterpart where if somebody discovered your book and they loved it and they wanted to learn more about you, then you kind of had a blog and you can write about whatever. Um, but for me, I was, it seemed I couldn't get any real traction on it. I couldn't, I, I, I wasn't getting a lot of uh, looks or downloads. And so it started to feel like, uh, I mean, honestly, especially the early the early parts of my blog, I really feel like I was doing some of the best writing of my life, and like nobody was looking at it, and I was kind of getting, you know, discouraged. Like, why am I working so hard to to do this writing that I'm really proud of, and it doesn't feel like it's really serving a purpose? So for me, the the blog ultimately um, ultimately faded out for that reason. So like, I know from experience, it takes a lot of perseverance to 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 do a blog. And, and so to do what you did, which was, I mean, 140, it, it was 144 articles just for Buffy, not counting, again, episodes that you do, say, about the Oscars. Or, and, and you did other Buffy offshoots, just like, you know, offshoots on, like, fashion or whatever. Um, yeah, so, well, and I, I would always, um, if I finished a season, it felt like, you know, it just felt weird to go, like, from the next week, I, I went through this 22-week journey of season two and season three and so on. And so, so to just go right to the next episode without kind of kissing it goodbye felt kind of wrong. So every season I would do it, I would sum up 
like the best moments from each season. So, so I did do a few blogs in addition to that because, and, and, and that just goes along with my love of the show. And so with the, uh, and at this point I'm only assuming, but so by, by all means, correct me if I'm wrong, but I have to assume that, uh, as with any blogger, when you first start to blog, uh, unless you're already, you know, some sort of a celebrity going into it, nobody knows who you are. So there's the, there's the, there's, there's getting traction and getting people's attention little by little along the way. But until you get people's attention, it almost, it's, 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 it's difficult to find the appropriate motivation to do this thing every week when it feels like who's even reading this. So was that something that you kind of sort of felt in the early, early parts? This is actually a perfect segue to the why segment of what I have to say about blogging, which is why do you want to blog? Because you need to think about the reasons because if you decide to take on, say, something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or a show that's like the West Wing or something that's been on for a while and you want, you want to talk about every episode, that's a lot of work. So you really need to know why you're doing it. And that reason needs to be strong enough to carry you through for, for the longevity of whatever it is you want to do. So for me, I picked Buffy. And the main reason why I wanted to blog about Buffy is because I, I basically wanted an excuse to watch Buffy every week and not feel guilty about it. Because at, at the time that I started this, I was working full time. I had just moved out of my parents and I was living on my own. And, you know, I, wa- I wanted to, to be a writer and to spend time writing. And I was living in Toronto and I was working at a cafe full time to pay for my rent and, and my food and all that. And in my spare time, I, if I wasn't writing, I was trying to catch up on current TV because TV is amazing. And I feel like, like to this day, I'm drowning in amazing television. And so to, go, to spend the time to go back and watch a show that I've seen literally like almost 100 times, I, like, I, I, I'm just beside myself because I'm like, I feel guilty doing it because I'm not catching up on current TV. I'm not writing. So, so, so wh- why should I be watching Buffy? And so I'm like, if I'm blogging about Buffy, that's a reason to watch Buffy. And so that, that was act- the main reason was that I started this entire blog. The entire birth of the Liz channel is because I want an excuse to watch Buffy and not feel bad about it. So that was one reason. Um, another reason is that a lot of my friends who I, you know, go for drinks with, go to the movies with, hang out with, They've seen Buffy, but in increments. Oh, yeah, I watched, I watched a few episodes. and But they, they weren't like, Buffy wasn't in their heart like it was in mine, like it is in yours. So I would talk about Drusilla, and they'd be like, oh, who's that again? And I, I would want to pull my hair out. And it, it was awful. And so I, I wanted to create a forum and, and meet other people to talk to about Buffy. But I kind of wanted to be the driving force. I didn't want to just go to a pre-established forum. I wanted to add my own voice to that. So I wound up doing the blog and, and I like in, it's on a blog spot page. So there's opportunity to comment. And I'm like, I'm just going to sit back and wait for these comments to roll in. And like you, I was pretty disappointed when I got very little traffic for a very long time with my blog. And um, I, I have to say it wasn't until about close to the end of season four, beginning of season five of Buffy. So most of the show was already over when I really got a lot of traction with my blog. So it, it was a long, hard road. And um, the, that was kind of tied in with me going on Twitter to promote the blog and also coming onto your podcast and talking about it. So I've, I found, I think you need to find a voice in other forums besides your own, because like you said, if you're not a pre-established 
celebrity or a contestant on a reality show or someone who's somewhat in the public eye, people are going to, why should I care? No, no one's going to come across it except for maybe your friends and family. And if, by the way, you want friends and family to read your blog, you are <laughs> in a fucking fairyland because they don't. I, 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 I put it out there and I'm like, oh, all my friends who I remember liking Buffy and I'm like, here you go. You're welcome. Hashtag Thanksgiving. And I would, t- I would, you know, mention it. And my friends, would, oh, that, that, that's cool. I'm like, oh, oh, did you read it? Oh, no, 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 I mean to. And, and so, you know, whatever you do, please don't put that pressure on your loved ones to read your blog or listen to your podcast or whatever, because as much as people love and support what you're going to do, people have lives. And sometimes it, it's not always on their front burner and it's, it's not a slight against you. It's just that people are busy. So what I did is I made it easy. I just asked my friends when I put it on Facebook or Twitter, just click on the link. You can just exit it and pretend it never existed, but just click on the link. So I get that extra hit. And it, it's that much more relevant on Google, which is going to do a like, honestly, that's going to do you a lot more totally. than your friend telling you over drinks, how much they loved your blog, especially if they didn't. So you really need to think about why are you doing this? And if it's that you want attention, you need to be prepared to really slog it out. And I find I have listened to so many Buffy podcasts where I, I've heard so many podcasts about the first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's insane. So few podcasts make it past season one of Buffy, if they're a Buffy podcast. So few blogs make it past season one because it's a lot of fucking work. Mm-hmm. So you need to be prepared. You need to, re- like, for me, I really loved the show. I, and I still do, obviously. And that's what keeps me going. So it's, you need to have, a, like, this burning love for what you're talking about. And so if you just want attention, just, just go out and, like, commit some minor sexual deviance and get arrested. <laughs> because because it, it's, if you're not pre-established, no one's going to pay attention for a long time. And the Buffy community is, is amazing. And when I felt like I, like I, I got on Twitter and I was talking about it every week on Twitter with people and I had made it with my blog. It was great, but people, people don't just want the, the fair weather Buffy bloggers who, Oh oh yeah, I want attention. Pick me, pick me. No, you have to prove that you love this show because people, why are people still talking about a show that's 20 years old? Because they love it. So you have to be prepared for that. Absolutely. Once you do make it, you can't. You have to be prepared to talk to people regularly, to be on Twitter often enough that people know that you're that they're being heard when they when they respond with a comment about your blog. Because even with when my blog was getting over three thousand hits a week, I like I would still only get one or two comments on the blog, but I would get a ton of tweets from people like quoting my blog and saying their opinion about it and be like, oh really you thought that guy was hot and, and stuff <laughs> like that. And so you have to be prepared to put in the time on Twitter to, to make a following for yourself and to talk to people because if people think you're not going to talk to them, they're not going to bother. So you need to be prepared for the longevity to get to success and you need to be prepared for when you do get the, the success. And I have to tell you, if, if you're looking for to make money off your blog, I, you're, I've made $0 from the Liz channel. That, that's not why I do it. And I think if you want to make money off it, it that's great. But I, I cannot tell you how to do that. So I'm just I'm putting that disclaimer. <laughs> up there. That's basically the why. And um, so I, I've been going on for so long. But another reason I wanted to do it is because I was working full time. I was a writer and I wasn't writing as much because I would just be zonked from work. So I thought 
if I, I, I'm a great deadlines writer. If I have a deadline, come hell or high water, I get the shit done. I, I've always been that way. But if I don't have a deadline, if I'm just kind of writing for me, I procrastinate and my house gets so clean because I'm cleaning my house <laughs> instead of writing. And when I'm working super hard, the last thing I want to do is spend that much mental energy writing. And so I figured if I had a regular writing exercise, like a blog, that would get me into writing more. And I mean, I, I, I have been writing a lot more than I was back then, but through reasons that have nothing to do with the blog, if anything, the, I would feel so good about the writing I did for the blog that I would neglect my screenwriting. So you, you really have to think about it that way. If it's like, if it's going if you think it's going to help you do other things, it's probably just going to get in the way of that. So again, it really has to boil down to your love of whatever topic you're writing about. Absolutely. And one one of the things you were talking about too is you know, you did get to the point where the the blog was getting wonderful attention and you were getting, you know, 3000 hits a week and and you were having these conversations on Twitter and like and so I can easily imagine say one of those people that you're talking to on Twitter just thinking like this is cool. I love what Liz is doing. I'm going to start a blog. And then they start a blog, not realizing that, that you know, you eventually earned that uh, attention. But before you earned it, there was, you know, however, however many weeks or months that went by of just trying to get anybody to look at you. And so if they're starting a blog, you know, they, they've got to, they, they have to be prepared for, you know, when, when when people aren't noticing and when you aren't getting traction and when you're not getting hits and when your friend and family aren't looking at what you do, because I mean, that's, it's, 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 it's such a common lesson that uh, bloggers and podcasters and authors and a lot of people find out is that the people who you assume are going to be the most supportive, like in their hearts, they're happy for you, but you know, they're, uh, they're not actually reading your blog or listening to your podcast or or, you know, buying your, your book or whatever. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a sensitive person. I'll just admit that. And for like, I, I did sometimes take it a little personally that on Facebook, I would get like maybe two likes from mm-hmm. like you and my husband for, for putting out a new <laughs> blog and no one else would like it. But it's like, it's no one is, it's not, per, no one is intentionally who you love is intentionally. Oh, I'm not going to read that. Blah, blah, blah. It's just, everyone has a ton of shit going on. And a blog, especially about pop culture, is so low on most people's radar that that in their head, yeah, they might see it on Facebook and be like, oh, good for them. But don't take it personally if they don't like it or they don't read it because people have a lot of shit to do. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, uh, uh, Chanel, who's uh, she is, she's my, my, my wife and my best friend and my favorite person in the whole goddamn world, she doesn't listen to my podcast. <laughs> she doesn't even listen to the episodes that she's on. She will... <laughs> Well, I will record it. And she's like, that was fun. And then just like, just forget that it ever happened. But she's very supportive of it. And she's excited about it. And if I tell her, hey, I had this great guest today and people are really enjoying it. Like, she's genuinely happy for the success of the show. Um, but she's not a podcast listener. So um, so it, on the one hand, it was like, well, you know, she's she's my wife. She should be listening to this thing that I do. But I also know that, like, you know, it's not it's not something that, that she does. Like, if I if on the other hand... If I um, was moderating a Facebook forum about uh, pinup dresses, she'd be all over that shit, <laughs> and I know that. But um, uh, uh, but but anyway. So that said, on the so so if you are starting a blog or a podcast, kind of sort of know that the people who 
you know, in their hearts, they, they, they do love you and they do support you, but don't be surprised when they don't actually engage with it. And as Liz said, it's not really personal. But on the other hand, the great thing is what you're going to discover are the people who do become passionate about it are going to be complete strangers who you'll likely never meet in real life. And they're going to absolutely love what you're doing. And that's ultimately that becomes more gratifying than the people who, you know, you think, well, they should be supporting me as opposed to this, this person uh, who you've, you've never met and you don't know what their face looks like. And maybe they're just a, an avatar on Twitter, but they genuinely 100% love this thing that you're doing. They can't wait for you to do it again next week. And it really validates the quality of what you're putting out there because it's one thing for your sibling or your aunt to say it's great because in some they might feel like they have to say that because they know you and they love you. But if, if some, you know, sweet girl from Belgium or an ex like Iraqi war vet who's actually commented on my blog a bunch of times and said he got into watching Buffy when he was like during his downtime, like when he was overseas, when they're commenting on your blog, that to me like touches my heart and makes me feel so proud of what I'm doing more so than if my sister said, Oh, your blog was funny this week. Mm-hmm. It, that, is, that is the, the, the absolute truth. It, it really, and, 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 and so, so for me, even as I think about that, again, there's two sides to it. On the one hand, um, when, once you get to that point in your blog or, or a podcast, it is the most gratifying thing in the world. But the other side of it is like, you have to get there. And so like, I know for me with the podcast, when I first started the podcast, um, you know, the, the, the exciting and scary thing was like putting it out there at all. I didn't know. Well, actually, I guess on the one hand I was thinking like, there's a certain insecurity of like, you know, this is scary. This is like my literal voice and I'm putting it out there and people are going to hear me and this is so scary but I'm going to do it and then I put out the first episode and there's like just very little (laughs) traction or downloads and I went from like this is scary people are going to hear me to fuck why aren't people listening to me I I, I put this thing out there and then sort of uh, but accepting like well you know this is new it's my first episode Um, you know whatever my public persona is it's as an author and so you know people who read books, let alone my books, maybe aren't necessarily looking for this podcast. So it's going to take a little time for them to find out that, you know, that I'm doing this. And especially if I'm talking to other authors, then it's going to take some time. So, so I'm ready for that. So then like, you know, kind of week after week, I would do a, a new episode. And, and so then like the first episode, I think because it was my first episode, the downloads ended up being better than the the episodes that would come after that. And, um, and it was just, you know, they just, just embarrassingly low numbers. And I was like, this is, you know, I, I was torn with, you know, am I on the, am I wasting my time doing this? Cause I don't know that people are listening, but on the other hand, I was genuinely enjoying myself because I love podcasts and I felt like I was sort of going into this world that I love. So, so that was a big part of it early on was I, I, I genuinely was enjoying myself. So I kept doing it, but it didn't stop me from being one disappointed at uh, at, at the level of the, the, at the attention that the show wasn't getting, and two frustrated because I didn't know how to fix it. Like I didn't know how to, you know, like w- with my book, I have you know I I, I, I kind of sort of figured out how to you know how to engage with the the writing world and the reading world and how to how to bring eyes to my to my books and to how how to promote and stuff. But with a podcast, I I didn't know how to do it and stuff that maybe worked with my books wasn't necessarily working with the with the podcast. So, um, so then I figured, well, maybe, maybe it's 
maybe it's the guests. Like maybe maybe finding the right guests will or bring attention and you know they can bring you know uh their eyes to the show and again that was always part of the 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 conceit of the show was like i wanted to interview other authors and so i so i've always figured okay so they'll they'll bring the people who love what they're doing they'll bring the them to the show and for the most part yeah kind of sort of but uh over the years i've 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 always it never ceases to amaze me um the the guests who do and don't bring attention to the show and i absolutely won't name names because you know that that would that would be rude but i've had i've had multiple guests on the show who uh are have various levels of fame but absolutely like they've been in you know tv and and movies or they've they've done things where you know um millions of people have seen them and they have you know very impressive fan bases and just barely moved the needle when they were a guest on my show and it's not to say that they weren't great guests like they were you know more times than not they were they were wonderful but then I started kind of making the connections like okay so um it's not necessarily me and it also doesn't seem to necessarily be a person that has a following so now I really don't know what's gonna help bring attention to the show but I kept doing it and then uh, I'll tell you what. I, I'm not. I'm not just saying this because you and I are talking right now. Um, it is the absolute truth. Uh, nobody, no guest on my show comes anywhere near to the to, to the to the number of downloads I get than when you're on the show. Oh my god, really? Absolutely, it's not even close. And and so. Uh, and and so you know, and I so, feel like I just went in beauty pageant right now. Like I'm totally <laughs> blushing. Uh, yeah, again, when we, thank you, listeners. <laughs> I, yeah, and and thank you, Liz, listeners, because a lot more people listen when you're on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and and so uh, and and so 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 off the air, I can I can share with I, I can give you like the specific numbers that it's like it's night and day, and so um and so and and I I'm it, and you and as far as like your your public persona. You know, I've had people on the show that are more famous than you, yeah. but but what? But bullshit, Martin. <laughs> what the fuck is this? I know it's hard to believe, Liz, because I know in Canada there's five of you, so it's not difficult to become famous. I'm very well known in Canada. <laughs> uh, but but you know, but it, but it also kind of go. It, it sort of lends itself to the idea that it's not. Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily. I mean, if. If, like if you were a celebrity and you start a podcast you're you're more likely than not going to be very successful um if you're not famous it doesn't mean that you have to find a famous person to be on your show because i've learned from experience that it might yeah it could it, it, you know it's it could turn out to be a great conversation but it won't it doesn't necessarily guarantee the the downloads or, or the hits or whatever that that you expect and then when you do get hits it's going to come in the places that, that that you don't expect. So, like now, I mean, like when when I have Liz on the show, and partly partly it's because when you're on the show, you're uh, amazing, you're hilarious, and you're and you're raunchy. But but there's also an intellect beneath that that I think people connect with. Like you're not just you know telling like you know dick jokes. Like you're actually <laughs> there. There's you know like there's. I think I've been fairly clean this episode actually for my standards. You have been you've been surprisingly thoughtful and mature on this episode so far. So you're, yeah, you're I have layers. My, <laughs> but you listeners, as Martin said, you know that. You know that. And so so like 
so like I know when Liz is going to be on the show. Like I like 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 right now we're recording. This show isn't even up yet technically. I already know this will be a successful episode because Liz episodes are successful, <laughs> and it's a combination of you know you being a great guest. It's also a combination of the you know. I think because you have a blog, you've done the groundwork of creating an audience of your own in social media, specifically on on Twitter. So that you know, if you tell people, "Hey, I'm on I'm on Martin's podcast this week," that you know they come in very big numbers. Um, and so, uh, so, but I can also say that you know, there was there there was well, well, first of all, like I can't have Liz on the show every week. Technically, I can, but I, I like that it's a special thing. I like that it's every mm-hmm. couple of weeks, every you know that that, that Liz is on the show. I, I don't want to, you know. You don't want to give the people what they want all the time. That way, it remains a, a, a special thing. But then it also, um, then it's, also, it's 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 this thing of like, okay, I know if I have Liz on the show every week, the numbers are going to be great. But if I don't have Liz on the show this week, then how are we going to make people aware of this? And you know, if, if if my guess, as you alluded to earlier, I speak to a lot of authors who either maybe they've they, they've published their first book, and my show might actually be their first opportunity. To, to do an interview and promote their book, then I kind of go into that knowing, okay, they're probably not going to bring a huge following. So, so how you know how do I go about bringing attention to to the show? And one thing that I found is just I think just over the years, um, because I was persistent and I stubbornly kept doing the show even when it seemed like nobody was listening, that little, little by little, like I think every week maybe I was gaining one or two new listeners. I didn't know it. I don't know who they are or where they're at, uh, but maybe they're out there somewhere. And if and if I did the show long enough, that would eventually accumulate into something. And so I'm at the point now where I can do an episode with somebody who maybe isn't, you know, a household name, but I know that there's enough people who are fans of the show and are aware of the show that they'll listen to it. And if they're not subscribed to the show, I know that, I can put it on Twitter, and I know Twitter is good for X amount of downloads because now they're aware that this new episode um, is out. And one thing for me that's really cool, and and, uh, and and you can tell me if you've had some version of this with the blog, because I think you have, is that you know in in the early parts when I was starting it, um, I was I was almost literally just doing like a laundry list of like okay, what authors do I actually know? Who do I have a personal relationship with that I can ask a favor of to be on the show and what happens when I run through that list. And so, and so, and eventually, you know, I did run, run through the list of people who I personally knew, but then what I found out is that, you know, similar to you engaging with the Buffy community, I found that the writer community, uh, particularly in social media was really amazing and, and really um, enthusiastic and generous and that I could, go on Twitter and find a writer who I've never talked to a day in my life and just shoot him a tweet. It's like, Hey, you want to be on my show? And they're like, yeah, sure. And then, and so I realized like booking writers wasn't that scary or, or difficult. And then it eventually turned into, um, uh, when the show, when, once the show got enough traction and it got enough attention, there was writers contacting me and they were like, Hey, can I be on your show? And then I'm like, holy shit of course you can be on my show wow thank you very much and i've had like like publishers and um uh, press agents contact me and like hey can my writer be on your show I was like oh, fuck yes absolutely <laughs> your writer can be on my show when did this happen 
and there's this uh, and you put the time in like you put the time in to contact people and to show that you're part of this community yeah. because I, I i think that also sometimes when you come out with a, a podcast or a blog of whatever you want to talk about people need you need to be validated as not just a narcissist of wanting to hear your own voice or read your own words and so it shows that you know, when you reach out to people, it's not just, oh, listen to me and read me and love me. It's, oh, no, I want to interact with you. I, I want to take the time to read your shit or listen to your shit as well. And so then people realize you want to be, it's all about wanting to be part of a community as opposed to just wanting to get ratings and dollars and whatever. Because, I mean, hey, again, dollars haven't come, but ratings and hits have come for me. But that was after I established myself in a community. Mm -hmm. and, and again, to, to that point, I would say that that that, that perseverance is, is so important. And, and, and you made a great point of if you just just accept in the beginning that one, it's going to be a lot of work and two, a lot of people aren't going to notice you. So what's going to drive you to do it every week? And it can be artificial. Like you can't just make up a reason. So for you, Buffy wasn't a made up reason. It was something that you could be excited about every week. Um, for me, I would say, especially in the early parts, just the novelty of doing a podcast, just like getting my hand on this equipment and having a, a microphone in front of me and having like these, uh, these, these knobs and buttons, it was just so much fun. Like, I felt like I was just like, uh, just like playing with some, some new toys. And so, um, and then, you know, figuring out new things to talk about. Um, and then, but then of course we eventually, and, and I know you've been there because we've talked about it you also get to that point where sometimes it feels like the thing that you're doing is kind of a drag and you don't feel like doing it this week and possibly ever again. And then, and then how do you, how do you, how do you sort of get through that? You know? Um, and, and, and of course we can talk about that too, but I don't want to, I don't want to get ahead of, of, of what you're talking about. Cause I know sure. you've got specific things you want to can talk I about. Can I actually maybe let you plug Amazon or something? Cause I really have to pee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you go you pee, like you go pee, minutes. and I will plug Amazon. Thank you. So, uh, so while Liz pees, um, one thing that you can buy on Amazon.com are adult diapers. So if you are going to Amazon.com to buy adult diapers, especially if you have to pee during a podcast but you don't want to take a break, then I highly recommend you go buy them on Amazon.com. But before you go to Amazon.com, first go to the official website of this podcast, which you'll find at martinthestrapsshow.com. And once you get there, go to the shop page. At the top of the shop page, you're going to see an Amazon banner. Click on that banner, and it's going to take you to Amazon. And you can do all the same shopping you were otherwise going to do, including buying adult diapers. And then because you shopped on Amazon through the official website of this podcast, martinlestrapshow.com, Amazon, in turn, will kick a few pennies back to the podcast. And then we get to take those pennies and reinvest them into the show. And that allows us to make the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour as good as we can possibly make it for you, which we strive to do week after week after week. And uh, so since Liz is still peeing, I can also talk a little bit about uh, iTunes and that uh, the Martin Strap Show podcast hour is available on iTunes. You should subscribe to it. It is absolutely free and it is my pleasure to make it free for you. And so just go to iTunes and subscribe and every week a new episode will drop into your, into your iTunes list or your phone, your iPad, your computer, wherever you listen to it. 
And uh, but but if you're not a fan of iTunes, because not everybody listens to iTunes, the show is also available on Stitcher Radio, which you can find at Stitcher.com. Similar to iTunes, you can subscribe, but you don't have to. Every episode of it is available, including this one you're listening to right now, episode number 142. And if you're not in iTunes or Liz is back, if you're not in iTunes or a Stitcher Radio listener, you can also catch the show I'm back. Uh, the old-fashioned way on martinlestrapshow.com. I'm, I'm deciding right now if I should tell you what I talked about while you were gone, <laughs> or if I should just leave it as a surprise when you Please actually listen. Surprise! Because I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, so I will not tell Liz, and nobody tell Liz what I just <laughs> talked about while she was gone. Um, just know that it's going to put a smile on her face when she actually hears it for the first time. Oh boy, I love. Smile. Miles on my face. Um, so let's see. We were, oh. we were. I think I was about to talk about or just get into the idea of you know, uh, doing your, your blog or your podcast and you love it, but there's there's going to be stretches where you don't feel like doing it and it kind of feels like a drag. But you've kind of set this momentum and it's almost it's almost this weird, it's almost this weird like backhanded thing of like n- you know now people are interested. So I should do it, but I don't feel like doing it right now. But I kind of need to do it because people are actually paying attention. That's a perfect segue for my when section oh, good. of what we're I'm, talking about. I'm so happy that so, worked out. Go ahead. When are you going to write a new blog entry or put out a new podcast? Well, you need to establish that. And a lot of people, I feel like, pick the once a week format. which That's what I did, and that's what you do, Martin. And at first, I thought... I had this idea that I would do a blog twice a week. I would blog about Buffy and some other show. And after I wrote my first blog, I was like, fuck, that took me so long. I couldn't do this twice a week. Are you kidding me? So then I pared it down to once a week. And I feel like even once a week, especially if, I mean, if, if you're blogging, you're probably, that's probably not your main source of income or any source of income. So you have a life and you have work and you probably have friends or family or romantic or sexual partner who you want to see like there's a lot of stuff that's probably going on that your blog is going to eat into and it so it has to be worth it and it I can't stress this enough it has to be consistent so if you're saying I'm only going to come out with a blog once a month that's fine as long as you do that and I think that you need to establish like you need to get used to recording a podcast or writing a blog and see how long does it take for me to watch the episode, to write the blog, to edit the blog, to promote it, whatever. And I think in some ways, if you're thinking about uh, starting one, you should do kind of a, a soft opening, so to speak. And with that, I mean, whatever forum you decide to use, you should maybe like, or just even on like a Microsoft Word document, just write, write an entry, write a couple entries and see how long does it take me? Is it like a ton of effort? And can I see myself doing this a week, like every single week? And if you can't, maybe stretch it out a little bit more or maybe like book aside time where like one week I'm just going to write three entries. So then for two weeks, I don't have to do it. But you need to establish when it's going to come out so that way your listeners or your readers know because if you when I first started I would just uh, it was once a week but I would just throw the blog up anytime any day during the week and that would be that and be like oh here's my new blog but if people actually want to read you and keep coming back to you they kind of need to know when that's going to happen and especially if you're not blogging about a current tv show because most people can assume that if you're blogging about game of thrones that your next blog will come out shortly after the game of thrones episode airs so you need to 
really understand the time that it takes for you to write or record whatever it is you need to do. And then once you've realized that, you need to be able to incorporate that into your regular schedule with your regular life and know that sometimes life can get busy. And if it's Christmas and you have a bunch of shopping to do and a bunch of parties to go to, when are you going to do that? And if there's been a couple times where my life's been busy once, there was twice in the blog where I said, I'm not coming out with a blog this week. And for one, it was a, it was Christmas. It was crazy. And I came out with a formal mini blog entry just saying, like with a quote from Buffy about Christmas and saying, hey, I, I'm not coming out with one this week. And then for another one, I just mentioned at the end of my blog, hey, there won't be a blog this week. Check in next week. But if you're inconsistent, you're going to lose a lot of listeners or a lot of readers. Because if you're not putting the time in to take it seriously enough to say, hey, this is happening, you know, once a week or every Tuesday or once a month or whatever, then you're going to lose people. And I, I've listened to podcasts or read blogs where I'm super into them. And it's like, oh, they're coming out once or twice or three times a week. And then I won't hear from them for a month. And if, if that person's not willing to put the time in to deliver me a consistent product, I'm not willing to put the time in to consume it. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I think, I think, um, like the fact that, uh, like right now, as you and I record this episode, this is episode number 142. And so if somebody, uh, I, I always imagine that every week, every episode, there's a, there's got to be at least one person discovering the show for the very first time. And so like, let's say you discovered the show on episode number two, even if you enjoyed it, you have no reason to believe that there's going to be an episode five or six because, you know, maybe it's a new show and it's going to run out of steam. But if you discover a show for the first time and they're at episode number 142, then it's kind of like, oh, you know what? This, this, show's, this, this, this show is worth investing in because they've done 142 episodes, so chances are they're not going to go away anytime soon. So that, that makes a lot of sense what you're talking about, which is, you know, being consistent. And then I think just even the, the, the longevity, again, may, maybe your blog was around for a couple of years before somebody saw it for the first time. But like, the, like whenever I go to a new blog, and, and I don't really... You know, like I, uh, I don't, I don't really go to blogs anymore. But if I do go to somebody's blog, the first thing that I look at is the date. When is the most recent time they posted on this? Because if it's if the most recent time they posted was you know February two thousand fourteen, then you know I, I I'm I'm less inclined to get engaged with it because you know they're this is not something that was important enough to them to to keep up. Whereas if it's like they blogged yesterday, like oh wow they're fucking they're they're doing this thing. Um, so I, I'm, I'm more likely to kind of uh, in, invest with, with what they're doing. Also, something else you said, which absolutely applies to podcasting, is is how long does it take you to do it? Especially with with me and podcasting, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I, luckily, my brother has um, uh, experience with, with recording, so he was able to give me a, a crash course on just the basics of how to how to, you know, set myself up and how to record my voice and how to edit an episode and stuff like that. And then I was able to take those basic lessons and sort of just just play around and just kind of learn on my own about sort of what to do but that said I think the uh the first episode that I put together oh god it probably took me a couple of days probably to to do a podcast and I'm just like fuck is it gonna take me a couple of days to do every episode because if that's the case I cannot do this every Every and that's, week. That's something like I, I feel like that I, I, I've kind of given the, the hard like 
the hard version of what it is to blog and all that stuff is true but once you get a rhythm going and i think you'll know this too it does become quicker so with my first one it took me about seven hours to watch the episode and write about it and edit it 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 got pared down so much because once you know what you're doing you do develop a rhythm and it does get easier it's still very hard work but it does get easier over experience absolutely yeah like now like once i've recorded an episode um you know like like once we finish this episode uh what you know what i'll do is i'll i'll go back and i'll i'll tag on the the, the theme music uh, to the beginning or the end uh or when i'm interviewing a new guest you know i'll i'll record an introduction and then um then i'll plug in some transition you know music all, all little things that if you're listening you know you hear it but don't put much thought into it but i mean you know like everything that you hear like i've had to you know specifically edit that into the show like if i play a like a video clip if i'm talking about a movie or something and i play you a clip from the video like i've got to find that clip and turn it into an mp3 and I put in the recording in just the right place and and all these you know little things um but uh but say for like what we're doing right now, like like part of the reason I love podcasting with you is not just because you bring a lot of attention to the show, which I love, and not because you are the easiest person to podcast with because I feel like you're like my 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 Canadian twin. Um, <laughs> but it's like you know we'll like when we're done talking, like I know that like the show's good to go. I can just put some music on it and then just get it ready to post. So like that's like super super duper easy. But when I was first starting, like I felt like I had to, I, I guess I felt like I had to, um, like like edit the show and like really get in there and and you know so like I would uh, I would I would record an episode like say if I interviewed somebody then I would like listen to the whole thing and and you know if if, if I felt like there was a part that was too quiet I would you know meticulously edit that out uh, or uh, or just whatever and it was just, and it took forever. And so I did an episode early on with Chanel where similar to you, like the, the consistent, the, the being consistent was important. And I wanted to have an episode every week. And, um, actually I think it might've, might've actually been episode three. So like super duper early in the show. Um, but I wanted to make sure we had an episode up, but I hadn't recorded anything. So I think Chanel and I, I got her to sit down with me, which is like getting a cat to take a bath, but I got her to sit down with me to, to record <laughs> And uh, and we recorded an episode, and and then like you with the with the with the timeline, uh, the deadline. I really wanted to get it up before midnight, because like in my mind, it had to be up before tomorrow, because then it would be too late. And but I didn't. But if I did that, I wouldn't have time to listen to it. So I just had to put it up. So I just put on the music, the the theme music, and I put it up. And I was like, I can't believe I just did that. I didn't even listen to it. And I, you know, I'm sure I listened to it the next day, because I always, within a few days, I like to listen to the episode once it's up to see what it sounds like. Usually I listen in the car to try to get the full experience of how somebody might be experiencing this. So I listen to the episode with Chanel and I'm like, that was fine. Why the fuck am I working so hard? I can just record <laughs> and put it up and it's fine. Like that was actually, everybody's fine is the one that I spend just days meticulously going through and, and editing. And so that was like a lesson I learned by accident, but just that I can just talk to somebody and, and, and it's fine and it's, and it's going to sound good. And all of a sudden that takes... You know, I, I I knew it would take me less time to to do an episode, and then the other thing that I kind of had to try to figure out was uh, how to. It, it was basically if I was gonna if I knew I was gonna save myself time by not editing, if I could just record an episode and put it up, um, 
warts and all, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was fine with that, but it was important that I not have any long bits of silence because then I would have to go in there and cut those out. So then I had to figure out, you know, how to make sure that, uh, basically I had to make sure that all the, all the silent spaces were, were filled because like, I think with a podcast, if I'm listening to a podcast, if there's even like five seconds of silence, I assume that my phone just broke or, or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't assume that they're having like a thoughtful pause. Um, so, so that that became sort of like this new sort of muscle I had to develop, especially if I'm having a conversation with somebody like sort of really listening and really hearing like, are they done talking? Should I, you know, and if they are, let me come in before there's too much silence, but don't come in so quickly that I've just cut them off because they, you know, they, they weren't done. Um, and then of course, if I'm recording a podcast completely by myself, that, that became really challenging of, cause with those, what I used to do is just like, just talk about whatever I wanted to talk about. And if I ran out of steam, I could just stop and catch, you know, gather my thoughts and figure out what I wanted to say next and then talk again and then go back and just cut out the, the, the silent part to where I thought, you know, I want to do this like a, like I'm interviewing somebody. Like I just want to be able to sit in front of a microphone and just talk for an hour and then put it up. And, um, and so eventually, you know, and, and these aren't, these are muscles that I developed over several months and at this point I've been doing the show for a couple of years to where now I could pretty comfortably you know sit down turn on the microphone and pretty comfortably talk for about an hour so long as I have something to to talk about where um I definitely definitely couldn't do that uh, early on and, and ultimately the the reason I even talked about all of that was just to to support the point that you were making which is on the one hand it's a lot of work on the other hand you will find ways to to get better at it you will find ways to to be more economic with your with your time and your efforts because ultimately you know as liz said you know you're, you you have a life and you probably have a job and you have somebody you love um you have somebody who uh you, you know, love to fuck yeah i was gonna say if you're not fucking them you're trying to and you need to put time into that and but you don't want to stop doing the thing that you're doing you know, your your podcast or your blog so, so you will, you will figure out, and, and they're not even shortcuts is the thing. It's just, you're just going to get better at it to where it's not going to take you as long as when you, when you first started. So, so again, if we are at this point talking to the person who hasn't done yet, or you're about to do it, know that when you first start a blog or you first start a podcast, it's going to be a lot of work, but it's not always going to be that much work. Eventually, if you keep doing it, you will get better at it and it will get easier. And that's why I would recommend the kind of a soft opening for your podcast or for your blog, because then you can try and get the rhythm down and weed out anything you don't need to do. Because when I first wrote my blog, I was like, oh, I finally finished that one entry. Okay, here we go, world. You're welcome. Hits and, and praise and money come this way. And and it wasn't that. And it was maybe like really 10 hits for the first block or something ridiculously low Mm -hmm. and it was and it was because I didn't really know what I was doing yet so and I feel like if you're able to do like for for a blog if you're starting a blog I challenge you do four soft entries meaning write them do all the work you need to do but don't put them out there into the internet yet maybe if you trust someone for quality purposes have them look it over but just see see about doing four blog entries and what did you pare down from the first one to the fourth one? And then once, and then you can establish that rhythm 
and then be all that better for when you want. And still, even if you think you have it all figured out in the first four entries before you put it out there, please don't be discouraged if, again, nobody reads it at first. But just know that you're that much better for having worked that rhythm into your routine for doing it. And it will probably, if you keep working at it and keep trying to engage people, it probably will lead to something faster than if you just try and kind of figure it out on the fly. That's that's just where I'm coming from. Yeah, and I think also, too, um, I'm assuming you do this with the blog, uh, is that you eventually kind of sort of develop a little bit of a, of a skeleton, that when you do every new entry, you kind of sort of know what you're going to do and where you're going to do it. And that, that takes, um, that makes it like a lot easier where, you know, I mean, in, in the very basic sense, you know, beginning, middle and end, but specifically, you know, if you're writing about uh, Buffy episodes every week, it's going to, it's going to serve you as the writer to sort of have a, a certain skeleton. And, you know, every time I write an, about an episode, I kind of start like this and we kind of get to this part here and I kind of wrap it up with something like this, but it also, it, it it's, um, it benefits the, the reader because, you know, they'll, either they'll either be conscious of it or maybe subconsciously they'll come to both expect and appreciate that like they they you know they they sort of know what to expect uh you know with with a blog entry yeah and, i'm go ahead sorry please. go ahead oh uh, well i'm really glad you mentioned that because for my first blog i just it was just basically a, a bunch of paragraphs from start to finish and it was, it was just me talking about the episode from when it started to when it ended and it's like okay like that it, it, was, just, it was so fucking long and so then I kind of did, okay, this will be the summary and it'll, um, it'll be called, I call it the dish. And then I can talk, like, I can keep the summary short by talk, by putting my opinions in at the end of what I liked about this character or how the cops of Sunnydale are so stupid or whatever. And I called that Liz's Bites. And when I first established that, I, it, it was good because it helped me pare the summary down. But then I realized that, you know, the show has been on the air for almost 20 years. People know what the fuck the episode's about. So it, they're not coming onto my blog to read a summary about it. They're coming to hear about my take on it. So I started making the summary super short. And then I would just write about my opinion for the bulk of the blog. And then in the last season, I just decided to go full Murphy on my opinion. And I completely changed the format. And I did what what's called hot or not, which was... If it's hot, it's something I liked, and I would talk about some specific storyline of the episode. And if it's not, it means it's something I didn't like. And it was just all my opinion, because I realized that's why my readers keep coming back. So, but I did, and once I established that, the hot or not, or the Liz's Bites, I would do that for every single blog. And even within that, like, I love to, you know, riff on 90s clothes and all, all this stuff about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And every week I would award a fashion slayer, which is who, who's, whoever had an outfit or some accessory that I liked, they would be the fashion slayer that week. And I would always put that at the end because I have to imagine that, you know, if people keep coming back to me, it's because they like certain things about my blog. So it's nice to establish something regular about like some, something small within within your blog or within your podcast, like the Fashion Slayer Award or or the you know the Rant Minute or or something like that, where if people who are loyal listeners or readers keep coming back, they get excited for that, and that can become something that you promo like you promote when you're trying to promote whatever it is you're coming out with. Yeah, and 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 so I was also. Um... Along those lines, like with my podcast, <clears throat> there was, 
uh, with the exception of like I, I knew what the, the overall premise was, I had no real idea how to do it. And so the very, very first person that I interviewed technically um, has never aired in large part because um, I was terrible at it and I've never even listened to it. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to go back. And, and it was not the fault of the person I was interviewing. It's uh, this, um, uh, she's a, a, like a, like an actor and does like um, a, a lot of like theatrical, like the, like mostly live theater stuff, but, but she's appeared in um, uh, some, some TVs and uh, movie stuff, but you know, and, uh, and so she was, you know, uh, a friend of my brother's and so and 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 I, and I knew her because he was she's friends with my brother so I'd met her before and she's very nice and so uh she happened to be uh available and she was hanging out with my brother and was like oh well you know I'm getting ready to do this this thing and so you know so so can I interview you and she's like yeah sure you know and so but I went into it completely unprepared in large part because I didn't even know what to prepare for I just figured you know she's interesting so we'll just sit down and we'll talk and um, and she was interesting, but overall, as interviews go, or I don't even see that's the other thing. I don't even though technically what I'm doing is interviewing. I don't think of them as interviews, even though that's what they are. I I, I treat them as conversations. Ultimately, though, the person's being interviewed, and it was um, and it was. And if I went back and listened to it, I'm sure it's fine. But my memory of it was it felt like a train wreck in large part because I had done no preparation. Um, I took for granted that because she and I were acquaintances that, you know, we'd have plenty to talk about. Um, when I did try to talk about her career, I only had just like just passing knowledge of things that she had done. And I was getting like dates wrong and directors wrong. And, and it was, you know, I just felt kind of embarrassed and like an amateur. And so, <clears throat> so then, uh, I think with like, like future interviews, you know, I would try to make a point of like, you know, having a better better uh, foundation of like what the person did but still I wasn't you know I, I I was I still felt like I was learning how to how to actually engage somebody in a conversation so it sounded natural but still learning things about you know what they do and it wasn't and ultimately I what I ended up learning not an accident but certainly not by design when like the first guest that for me was like uh you know at, at basically famous was is a professional wrestler her name is katarina lee waters and so as, as wrestling goes it's sort of a, a it's you know it's it, it's very popular but you know it's 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 not like everybody in wrestling is a household name but so for me anybody who's involved with wrestling it's you know it's it's it, you know they're famous to me and in, in her case in particular um she had you know she she had she succeeded at the highest level she made it to the wwe and twice had been in WrestleMania, which is you know the the, the Oscars of, of wrestling, so 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 for me to have a chance to interview this person who was part of this world that I'm a big fan of was really exciting, and I was really nervous, and she was going to you know be in my living room, and we're going to be talking on the microphones, and so I thought you know I really I don't want to fuck this up, so like I spent a lot of time going through her career and like putting notes together and going through her career and different things, and so and then I found that when we sat down and and talked it became one of the easiest conversations I had. And I realized that by doing the extra work ahead of time and getting just all the minutia and learning as many things, I realized the more I knew about her, the more we'd have to talk about. And that I realized I could do this with all of my guests. And of course, I'm sure any, any good interviewer already knew that lesson, but because I was learning on the fly, I kind of learned, I learned that in that way. So then going forward, 
every time I talked to anybody, no matter who they were, I would do as much research as I, as I could on them, and I would scour the Internet and their website and Wikipedia anywhere. If they had a blog, anything I could find out about them, um, I would put together my notes. And then that way I knew when I talked to them, the more I knew, the, the easier it was to, you know, to, to, to have that conversation. And then something else that I sort of discovered with, with her, I don't remember if this is when I started doing it, but I kind of think it was, is partly I was, just, again, just really nervous to talk to her because I was mostly starstruck. Um, but I didn't want it. I didn't want it. I didn't want that to come across. Like I wanted it to sound like we were having a nice conversation, even though I was totally nervous. So she's um, she has an accent. She has sort of a a, a British accent, and so so I think the first thing I said is like, "Oh, you have a lovely accent. Where is that from?" And so she was um, uh, sweet and sort of flattered by it. And it turned out that she's actually, I, I believe, she was born in Russia, but then ultimately was went to school in in, in London or something like that. Um, so she actually had this sort of sort of multicultural accent, which uh, mostly sounds British. And then from talking about that, I was like, oh, wow, so you were born in Russia, ended up in London. Like, how did that happen? And so then she started talking about, like, her parents. And then I think her mom was, like, into, like, dance or theater or something. And I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like, did that have an effect on you? And then just in that sort of accidental conversation, I realized that that's what I wanted to do. With the, that, that, that became my format was... You know, um, I, I wanted my interviews to become uh, essentially a, a biography of this person, you know, starting with, well, where were you born? What, what were the influences growing up? And ultimately, how do these things lead to you becoming a wrestler or a writer or a blogger or whatever it is you do? I don't just want to talk about what you do, even though I do want to talk about that. But how, you know, what was the road that, that actually led to that? And again, I learned that sort of on accident in that moment. But I was so happy with it that that became the format going forward. So, so when you listen to any one of my interviews now, it always starts with the person saying where they were born, and then we kind of go from there. And I and I lead them through the discussion of you know, I'll, I'll try to ask the right questions, but just to 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 to, to get them on a road to, to talking about you know where they're from and, and and what they were influenced by. And the great thing for me, in the same way that you're talking about, you know, like like Liz Bites or you know, Hot or Not or the things that helped you format the show, for me, it gave me the comfort now um, I can talk to anybody and I know I can have a conversation with anybody because everybody, you know, everybody has a story. Everybody was born somewhere. Everybody was a kid somewhere. Everybody was influenced by something. And I can ask that same question of a hundred different people and get a hundred different conversations. And so again, you know, you know, learning this thing that would ultimately uh, make doing the podcast um, easier. It, it, right now I realize how long have I f been fucking talking and making people <laughs> listen to me. Um, so I won't even transition. I'm just going to give my voice a break and let you sort of talk about something. Okay, so um, I do have to go soon. <laughs> Sorry to no, no, that's cool. Bank out on you, listeners, and and you, Martin. But um, so I was thinking that I could just combine the last who and where yeah. of my five Ws. So I think that ultimately, like I, I've said a lot of stuff that maybe makes blogging or podcasting not sound that fun, but it's just because I I don't want anyone to go into it with rose-colored glasses. But I, I would like to add some positive positivity to it and that's the who aspect and who are you because and it's who is your voice 
as a blogger, as a podcaster, because you, you do need to establish that because there's so many, for example, Buffy blogs and podcasts out there. And why is yours different? And why is yours special? And that usually boils down to who you are. And so for me, I'm a very inappropriate, raunchy, one track sex mind kind of girl. And that comes through in my blog. So if you're reading about it, like I've had people tweet at me saying, oh, you know, it's so great that you're blogging about Buffy. That's so cool. I just started watching it with my daughter and like, and she's eight. And I'll, and so I'll tweet them and I'll be like, oh, that's so awesome. Like my blog isn't like, is pretty NSF kids. So, you know, maybe don't show her the blog, but yeah, come on Twitter and, and we'll talk about it, whatever. And so, but people, I, I think people who like, who come back to your blog or your podcast over and over again, do it in a large part because of who you are. And in that respect, like whoever you are and whatever you're putting out there, you have to give yourself a lot of credit for that because people are like, I have some very loyal readers for the Buffy blogs of the Liz channel. And a lot of it, it, it's not just because it's about Buffy and they love Buffy because I mean, you could just write Buffy the vampire there and punch your keyboard and no one's going to read that because it's just a bunch of jumbly shit. But people, people like my jokes, people kind of liked my, my hot take or whatever I had to say about Spike and whatever he did to my body that week. And, and people like that. And so I think that way it, it wanes out people who wouldn't necessarily dig what you're talking about anyway, but it helps you establish a following. So I'm not going to be super, like if I'm blogging about Buffy in this really raunchy way, I'm not going to, in an effort to get more viewers, maybe make it a little more vanilla, make it more family friendly, because the people who are reading it week after week are, are coming back for the raunch, are coming back for the inappropriateness. So you have to kind of stay true to who you are, or at least what your voice is, because, I mean, we're people, we have layers, and, you know, like, for example, I have to leave because I'm going to see my grandma. I'm not going to talk <laughs> to her about how much I would love to have a three-way with Spike and Giles in the dungeon. I'm not going to do that. But that, but I would totally talk about that on my blog. So that's like, while there's a big part of my personality that isn't this crazy, raunchy sex maniac, that's who I am on my blog. So you have to stay consistent to who you are. And, and I think one of the most important things you said is that is who you are. Like if you were just being like raunchy or inappropriate because you think it's going to get people's attention, I think, it, I think it would ring false and i think the oh, reason that, sure. that you have found an audience is because it's 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 genuinely it's genuinely you like whether they're reading the the blog or listening to you on my podcast it's always going to be consistent because you're not you're not being somebody you're not you're just being true to yourself it just happens to be this sort of raunchy hilarious inappropriate buffy lover <laughs> um, and, and I'll add one thing and then we'll wrap up because I know you're going to go have a spaghetti with, yeah. uh, with your grandmother who ironically <laughs> enough ironically enough I am, I, I am going to talk to your grandmother about how you want to have a threesome with Spike and Giles in the dungeon <laughs> going to tell on me Martin? well no but respectfully like we're going to have a conversation about it it's, it's hardly it'll be a nice respectful you'd be surprised she's, she's actually um, a, a big fan of, of three ways with uh, Giles and, and, and well, Spike see if she has layers too absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. So as far as like the, the, the where goes, if, if, you know, as far as the podcast, um, so I, 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 I record from um, the, the illustrious Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour studio uh, studios, which is just where, wherever I happen to be living at that time. And, um, and so when I first started, uh, if I wanted to have a guest, you know, I, I basically needed to have access to somebody. So especially interviewing authors, 
one of the first things that I tried my best to do was really, really engage with the local writing community because who are the people? Basically, are you in driving distance from me? Do you mind coming over and doing this, this podcast? But then what I learned later down the road, partly by necessity, when um, uh, Joanna Penn, she's a, a New York Times bestselling author, and uh, and she's also a, a, you know a, a fan of my of my first book, and she's got a, a big following, and so she wanted it to be on my show and it was again one of those like holy shit of course you can be on my show moments but then she's in she she lives in london and so i was like i have no idea how to record somebody who's not in my living room um so i had to figure it out and it was sort of you know and it's just using skype but you figuring out how to record on skype and it was it's not like right this second it's not difficult because that's exactly what you and i are doing but at that time, I had no idea. Scary new world. But then once I figured it out, Liz, all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, I've just opened up this podcast to the whole world. I can interview anybody anywhere. and They don't have to come to them to, to my living room. And ultimately, and, and, and ironically, the first time you were on the show, it was a face-to-face uh, conversation because I, I don't think I, I was doing Skype yet. So, so you and you were you were, you just happened to be in in Burbank for a screenwriters oh, conference, yeah. and you know I, at that time I lived like an hour away from Burbank, so I met you in your hotel room, and we recorded a, a Buffy episode, and so it was like you know at that time the only way I'm going to interview uh, a Canadian is if they are in driving distance you know, from me, <laughs> but like now you are in the comforts of Canada and I'm in Las Vegas, and we can have this great conversation or you know I, I i was able to interview a a horror filmmaker and he's somewhere in like chicago or something or i can interview an author in in texas or or where or you know i i've interviewed at this point i've interviewed a couple of authors who were in you know england or ireland or just what i don't i don't think i've interviewed anybody in ireland but in the uk for sure so 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 there is that there you know that i that the podcasting wise sort of connects to the um the, the the where theme you were touching on and i can i'll just weigh in on the where really quick because for blogging there's a lot of different great websites that can help you build a blog and so you might choose to make your own website or try one of these i would recommend for anyone who's not a tech person because i'm very much not that martin has heard me go on <laughs> on and on about how awful i am with technology um with google the their blog spot feature is amazing it's super user friendly and i think that you know there's strengths and weaknesses to every blog or podcast i'm not afraid to admit that my my blog it it doesn't look like a disaster it doesn't look like anything special because i have yet to learn how to build my own website so don't let that discourage you if if you're thinking about writing a blog because it's great i can i learned how to put pictures on there and it's the kind of thing where if if i can do it anyone can do it and i mean that <laughs> so so think think about what kind of platform you'd like to put your blog on and also to like where do you want to put it on social media because i found for me facebook again it's it's with facebook it's it's crazy i'm an old fashioned girl i'm just friends with basically people i know and I just kept promoting it on Facebook and getting very few hits. And then I put it on Twitter. And then you, I learned the right hashtags and the right uh, Buffy cast members to look for new followers. Like, for example, Juliet Landau, who played Drusilla, she is super active on Twitter. And she, she follows anybody who's interested in Buffy. Like, she follows me. I think she follows you. Mm-hmm. She just she's so active. And so she's a great like lightning rod for the Buffy community. So you just learn these little things and, and where to not just where to put your blog, but where to go. 
And also one really last but crucial tip for if you're writing a blog, I mentioned this at the top of the show, keep it fucking short, please. Mm -hmm. Because you will get the loyal readers who, if you write a Russian novel, they'll still read it. But that most people, they see that. It, it just feels like homework to them. Realistically, people are reading their blog when they're waiting for their bus, when they're taking a shit, when they're doing something where they don't plan on spending an hour of their time. It's just something to make the, the mundane activities they're doing a little more exciting. So keep that in mind. The blogs I read are maybe like, I'm not even kidding, like two paragraphs. And, and you know, like figure out a way to be concise and say what you're saying and, and be funny or, or raunchy or insightful, but just don't go on and on and on about it because then no one will read it. So that's just my, t that's what I learned. I learned it the hard way. My first blog <laughs> was this Shakespearean play that was 20 acts long. And then I've just pared it down and pared it down with, but I was able to do it without sacrificing my voice and who I am, and what I wanted to say. So that, will come that skill will come over time and if you have it all the more power to you get out there and blog awesome yeah and i think as far as podcasts go it's sort of kind of the opposite of that but also with podcasts you know like i know that i have the luxury that you know i could I, you know like you and i in the not too distant past i think we did a crazy like three hour <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure I'm, we must have cut it in half but i mean like in two parts but just talked forever but like i know that that's okay because you know, if somebody's listening to the show in their car and they're enjoying it, then, you know, they can pause it when they get to their stop and pick it up again when, you know, maybe, maybe it takes them a week to listen to us, but it's cool. But, but, but with a, with a blog, I think you're right. I think people rarely are going to treat a blog in the same way where they're going to read it and put a bookmark in it. Like if they can't finish in one reading, it's not that they won't read it, but I think you raise a, a very good point that that's something to think about. Um, especially, and you know, for better or for worse, I think it's just a lot about the, as, as, especially as social media evolves, you know, like, you know, like, like Twitter in and of itself, the fact that you can only do 140 characters speaks to the fact that, you know, the people on social media aren't looking for long things to read. And then you get to say Instagram where it's like, okay, I don't have to read. I can just look at a picture. And so, so, you know, if, if, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to keep people's attention but if you can get it, then, you know, I think you make a good point of, um, you know, maybe not making it too long. But then by the, by the same token, I think the quality makes a difference because there are blogs that I go to where I'm willing to dig in and read a long one just because I know this is a good writer and they have an interesting take. So I don't mind settling in uh, with, a, with a long read from them as opposed to a blog that I've never heard of. If I just want to read about the topic, OK, just just keep it short and sweet, you know? Um, so, you know, if, if it turns out that you're just like a fucking amazing writer, then, you know, somebody like me will become a loyal reader anyway. And you can kind of take liberties with the, with the length of it, um, I guess. But anyway, I, I think, I think we're pretty much gonna, uh, done because again, you act, you literally have a, a life to tend to. So <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> Crazy. All right. So, um, are you, uh, are, are you on your way out or do you want to say bye first or say bye all right thank goodness I've, right. I've got time to do that much <laughs> okay okay so i didn't want to rush you out i just i also didn't want to i don't want to i don't want you to to, to, to make your grandmother wait any longer than she had to to hear about threesomes with spike and giles <laughs> so so, so we'll, we'll keep it short and sweet so so again um as, as i told liz earlier uh, when she's on the show um the the, the downloads and the numbers and the, and the attention the show gets 
Um, it's it's not it's, it's nowhere close to anywhere anywhere else being on the show. So I know right this second, there's people listening to the sound of my voice only because Liz is on the show. So I want to extend not just a thank you to to my to my listeners who listen every week, um, but a, but but a thank you to all of Liz's fans for for showing up and supporting Liz, especially because when you support Liz on this show, you're you're supporting me, whether you know it or not, and I appreciate it. So I want to thank all of you for showing up and listening. Uh, hope you hope you, uh, you enjoyed it. If this was your first time hearing uh, me, and, uh, me and Liz talk, go back and listen to the older episodes. And, uh, and if you just find that you like the show, again, this is episode number 142. There's a whole fuck ton of episodes for you to go back and find and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully enjoy. So I want to say thank you to all of you guys. And of course, I want to thank my Canadian friend, Liz, who again, this week of Thanksgiving, I'm very thankful that uh, you're not just my friend, but a contributor to the show. It really, truly means a lot to me. And, uh, and until next time, I will see you on the other side. Later. Cunts.